For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome. I'm your host, as always. Shane told, and if this sounds a little different than usual, it's because I'm recording this from my car. I am currently driving across the border from Windsor, Ontario, Canada to Detroit, Michigan, United States of America to talk to Landon Tours of the plot in you. And uh, yeah, it's uh, this has been a guy heavily, heavily requested by fans of the show, so I'm looking forward to this, and that's why I'm venturing across international borders to do this conversation. Uh, I guess it'll be in his apartment, so that'll be pretty cool. Um, I don't think I've ever recorded one of these before I've actually done the interview, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. I only live a few minutes from the border, so hopefully I can wrap this intro before I get there. But as always, if you want to get in touch with me, it's very easy. You can email me, leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. I read all my email. Make sure you add me to social media. I'm on Instagram at Shane Told. I'm on Twitter at Shane Told. The show is on Twitter and Instagram at Lead Singer Syndrome at Lead Singer Sin S Y N. So yes, please get in touch. Don't forget about Facebook. I know it's like the army of the dead on there, but you see, they get you because you got to use Facebook to log into all these apps. So I know you got a Facebook account. Don't sleep on it. Check out our page. It is run by two terrific people, Neil and Julia, and they do a fantastic job. And uh, shout out to them for helping me out with Facebook. They also are two members of the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. If you tuned in last week, oh, it was a great episode. 
Finally, a live episode, live at Centerfest 2.0 in Norfolk, Virginia, with Steve from Punchline, my new best friend. I love this guy. If you missed it, go back and check it out. Again, a big thank you to everybody that came out to Centerfest to hang out. What a good time. And if you are interested in the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club, that's what helps this show keep going, keep growing, doing its thing. For as little as $6 a month, you can sign up. You get bonus episodes, bonus content, merch, and to be a part of a great community. So head over to leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access for all the details about that. In other news with me, in other news with me, Silverstein, we're heading over to the UK for Slam Dunk. What a lineup. What a festival. I'm very excited to be back in the UK, not just for the 99p Greg sandwiches, although they are delicious. No, no, to play some music again. It's been a little while. I'm excited for that. If you're in the UK, I'm sure you're going, but check out Slam Dunk. And it's only like just over a month until we're going back on tour for a huge summer run with some of our best friends in the world, August Burns Red. Silent Planet is also on the tour. Their singer, Garrett Russell, has been on this show twice. It's just going to be an awesome hang. Tickets are on sale for that right now. I think a couple shows have already sold out. So don't sleep on tickets for that. It's going to be a really, really good time. Okay, well, I'm almost at the border. I'm going to wrap this up. But in a few short minutes, I'll be speaking with Landon Tours of The Plot and You. We're here, dude. Hello. <laughs> We're doing this thing. Finally. This is so funny because I'm I'm here with, with Landon Tours of The Plot and You. And oh, the, the puppy is just <laughs> so quiet until we start now, recording. Yeah, now she's chill. <laughs> I, lo- I love that. <laughs> she freaks um, out. I'm here with, with Landon in his downtown Detroit apartment. Yeah. This is nice. Thanks. It's all right. It gets us by. Yeah. yeah like, I mean, this apartment in New York City would be like $5,000 oh, yeah. a month. Easily. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You get a little more bang for your buck here. Yeah. It's cool. It's literally like, we take limes all the time, little scooters. It yeah. takes like yeah. two minutes to get into the city. So, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. always stuff going on. Where did all the limes and birds go in the wintertime? That's what I want to know. I don't, I don't, I have no idea. I, I literally, there was a bird in our backyard for like six months straight. It was just like, <laughs> It was dirt. Like during was the winter. Start, yeah, yeah. It was just starting to get corroded, and it, I think it was a, a forgotten bird. The whole yeah. scooter thing, I'm sure a lot of people Is that a thing in where you live, too? Uh, no. No, not yet. We, I've, well, apparently, it's on the website that we have them in Windsor, right across the river, but I've never seen one. I wonder if anyone's ever crossed the border with one. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, no, a lot of cities have them, and I think they're great, mm-hmm. but a couple things jump out to me about them. First of all, 
and I'm, I, you've obviously been on one lots of times. Yeah. They go pretty fast. Very fast. You could really fuck up yourself like up. 15 miles an hour, some of them. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. like sometimes you're on it and you're like, man, if I hit like a, a oh, pebble you, or you could fuck this yourself thing, up. And once in a while you'll get one that's a little sketchy. Mm-hmm. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, not once in a while. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'd say 60% of them here are fucked up. Right. People don't even pay for them. They just ride them around, like do tricks on them and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I don't know. I, I like, I'm surprised they're allowed to do that, the companies. Same. Yeah. I don't even know if they are allowed to There's do that. There's still it. quite a few cities that like it hasn't gotten passed for good reason. I'm, I'm actually surprised it got passed here because I see people abuse them all the time, yeah. literally more often than not. <laughs> no, and it's so cheap. You wonder how they make any money. Yeah, I, I rode one for like probably a half an hour the other day at like downtown. It was like three bucks. Yeah. It's like, this I, makes no sense. I know. I know. I love them though. They're pretty fun. Yeah. It's funny though. So we decided to do this. I've wanted to talk to you for a long time, by the way. Yeah. Do you remember touring together? By of the course, way? I do. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm I, did, get I didn't to, know. Well, if you I'm going to get to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but no, I, I wanted to talk to you for a long time, and a lot of requests for you yeah. from fans of the show, tons and tons. Smart people. And what's cool is that a lot of people don't know this, but I live literally like not even ten minutes from d- downtown Detroit, where yeah. you live. Mm. And I think if I looked out the window, I could pretty much see my house from yeah. here across the river. That's crazy. So it's really nice this worked out. Yeah, for real, it is. But uh, yeah, I. I remember we toured together, it was like nine, ten years ago at this point. Yeah, you know what's funny about that is, so we were arranging this over Instagram DM, Yeah, very professional, and <laughs> you gave me your number, so I texted you, mm-hmm. and it was already in my phone oh, as really? Landon BTE. Oh my God. Before their eyes, that's yep. Fun. Still, I, I, I can't So you still have the same no- number. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, I was like, just it blew my mind. Yeah, I think we opened that tour, so I didn't think, yeah. That was with, was that the one where it was us? Um, Bless the Fall. Static Lullaby at first? Yeah, well. No, or am I mixing were, that I think up? No, no, it, was, bless, it yeah. was Bless the Fall, right? Bless the Fall was direct support, I think. I think that was like right around the time Boat had just joined. Right, that's I think right. If I, yeah. That's right. No, I, I yeah, I, I loved you guys. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I really did, you know? And, and um, You might have been one of our only fans then. Yeah, you know, because it's it's like funny, and I, I really want to get to all this this stuff, but let's just start here. I mean, when you left the band, I thought, you know, before their eyes was really on the like on their way up, really? and I was sort of surprised. Yeah, it seemed like okay, this is going to be the new hot Rise Records band, but I guess That's interesting from the inside looking out, maybe not so much. <laughs> no, yeah, towards the end, our singer quit. And then I kind of took the reins for like a second. And then I was like, this just isn't my groove at all. Like, right. I just, I don't know. It didn't feel natural. He quit right before a Japanese tour, which is insane. So yeah, why would you like at least go to Japan yeah, and exactly. then quit? We're, yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was so baffled. So I, I ended up doing vocals for that, uh, that whole week of Japan shows. And I, I was so bad that they kicked us down from headlining <laughs> to opening. It was us and like two other bands. But because you were bad? Because I was like, we were so bad and unprepared. <laughs> oh, man. I was horrible. Yeah. I mean, before that, all I, I just screamed, you know what I mean? Did some backup vocal stuff. But right. I was right. so not prepared. I think we we practiced one time. We ended up tuning down everything like a full step or something so I could at least attempt to sing it. <laughs> Yeah, well, of course, when you're singing someone else's stuff, um, that doesn't get talked about a lot on the show. You know, it's not always easy, no, and it's not yeah. that you're a bad singer or yeah. that you, you know, you just just you're not. It's not in your wheelhouse. Yeah, exactly. I didn't write those songs for my, you know, right, right, my range. <laughs> 
No, it, it was Silverstein, Norma Jean, Bust the Fall, Before Norma Their Jean, Eyes. That's right. I forgot they were on that, too. And did, did I not say Norma Jean? Did I say something else? You said Norma Jean. I said was Norma that Jean. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then okay. Norma Jean dropped off the tour. That's right. Why did and they then, drop off? I don't remember. Well, that's a whole thing okay. that I'm not, maybe I won't get into. I'll okay. save that for another another podcast. Um, actually, you know what? I can I can talk about it. Corey, we had Corey on the show from Norma Jean a couple of years ago, and me and him are cool, but at the time, we... We weren't very cool when they dropped oh, off. Oh, so it was a, a, an actual thing. Well, what happened, and I don't know, I'm just going to speak about it, is they went over their set time. Okay. And it was like a show that had a hard, like a hard curfew. Yeah. I think it was in, I think it was in Denver, actually. Okay. And they went over and mm-hmm. like, like a lot, like, like 10 minutes. Yeah. And they were starting another song. And our tour manager, who didn't get along with their tour manager, mm. she had been uh, like a real headstrong about things. Yeah. So I think he was already kind of mad. He like the, like they we like pulled the plug on him. Oh damn! Like pulled the plug, like, which doesn't. I mean, <laughs> well, that doesn't it's happen. A power move. It doesn't happen. <laughs> like, when have you ever seen that happen to never, a band on tour? Yeah, never. Almost almost never happens. Yeah. So we we literally pulled the plug on them, and yeah. I, it wasn't up to me. Mm-hmm. It was our tour manager's call? But I understand. Why? Mm-hmm. Like it was early in a tour, and we had you know we had to we weren't going to be able to play our set yeah because of the the time they were direct support originally they were direct support okay and then bust the ball and then us. Okay, yeah. yeah so that that's the other thing too is like the show might have already been running late I can't remember yeah but they didn't they weren't happy about it yeah and rightfully so yeah well but then they <laughs> a few days later they told us they were dropping off the tour and and Corey pulled me aside and he's like yeah you know we're we're just having some some issues, and our you know our drummer's wife's pregnant, so he's got to go home to uh, to be with his his pregnant like wife. She's having some like issues. I'm like, yeah. oh man, oh okay, yeah. go yeah, go do you know take care of your thing. So it was fine, mm. and then they left, and then I found out that really wasn't what was going oh, on. That sucks. Yes, she was pregnant. That wasn't like fabricated story, but uh, that's crazy. Yeah, but but uh, so then they left the tour. Is he still in the band? Corey? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's the singer. Oh, yeah. Okay. I thought yeah. for some reason they got a new guy. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. And they've got, like, they've had a lot of people. And he's probably the only original at this point. He right? Probably, yeah. Oh, wait, but, he's not even original, right? Uh, maybe. I guess not. Well, they used to be called a different name right. and everything else, right? Yeah. Um, right? With Ludacris and Josh yeah. Scoggin and that's all right. that, yeah, right? Yeah, Josh. So, that's he, yeah. That's the dude. Yeah. yeah my, my history of tooth and nail Christian hardcore is it's a little <laughs> foggy at this point but it's crazy to think that was that that long ago that that scene was like you know the whole Christian tooth and nail like all the big bands that everyone loved were like the Christian bands in the scene yeah it was a real thing and now there's like one Christian band I think <laughs> I mean yeah I guess it's just it's not like fit for a king I think is the only one still yeah from that era yeah you're right you're yeah. absolutely right man <laughs> so um Back to back to before their eyes, and you just said you were so bad at singing mm-hmm. that you got literally billed lower. Yeah. Yet you decided to leave the band and then start singing yourself. Yeah, in your own band doesn't really make a lot of sense. It but. doesn't make any sense. No, you think it'd be it like crushed all right. my confidence too for a minute. Like, yeah, I felt like shit for sure. Uh, do you remember that band? Watch out, there's ghosts. Yeah, that was the band that took over us. That was like the the singer of a Skylet Drives like side project or something, <laughs> right. and they were pretty bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> love those guys so nice, but they they even know it wasn't a great band. But anyways, yeah. So after that, 
I think I had like a good nine months to a year kind of off, kind of just chilling mm-hmm. and then just started plot from there. Well, it was called Vessels before yeah. that, but yeah. Yeah. Well, what's your background? So you're, we're here in Detroit. You're not from, you're not a Michigander. You're yeah. from Ohio. Oh boy. Um, talk to me about that. How you, you know, what was it like growing up for you? What was your, you know, family structure like and how did you kind of have music in your early days? Well, I grew up homeschooled actually. Um, but I lived in like an apartment complex area that had tons of kids my age and stuff like that. So socially I was like, you know, it was good. I had a lot of friends and stuff growing up. I didn't really feel like I missed out much on school, you know, any of that, the social aspect of school. So when you say homeschooled, like your whole life, like yeah, you've, never, life. you've never yeah. walked into I was a- given the option once I turned, I think I was like 10 or 11 or something, they gave me the option. But I loved waking up early, doing my school as fast as possible, and then skateboarding after that. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And they, as long as I got my shit done, they didn't care. Like, you know. Right. So, so it, was, it was a pretty unique upbringing, but I didn't give a shit about music until I was like 15 or 16. And then I just, I saw a, a video for um, reinv- Reinventing Your Exit by Under Oath. Oh, right. And there's an, Under Oath, there's an Under Oath poster yeah, right was, behind you. Yeah, it was just crazy. I saw that and I was like, damn, this is sick. And then from there, I just started like, that was like literally the first band I'd ever heard that like caught my interest. You know what I mean? Wow. And then from there on just started local bands and got in the local scene. That's how I met Nick from before their eyes. My old band was playing shows with them and stuff and then became friends with him and then ended up joining and got very lucky. Like right out of high school, I started touring. So yeah, I know. I know. I know you're still, I mean, I guess you are still a pretty young guy for what you've done. Yeah. Yeah, Not even 30 yet. And you've had how many albums released? You Um, know? So, Wow. Um, so with the whole, whole you know, homeschool thing, mm-hmm. what was the reason that, you know, your parents decided? They were very Christian. Okay. Um, That's but, typically what happens with homeschool, yeah. schooling, right? <laughs> yeah. But again, like, um, I kind of found, found my way out of that pretty early. Like, I stopped going to church pretty early, and, you know, they kind of knew that wasn't my thing. When they were kind of shocked by it at first, but then I kind of came around. Once I joined the before their eyes kind of got back into it just for the sake of they were a Christian band. I was like, I, I can be a Christian. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I know my way around this. So, <laughs> so yeah, they were stoked when I, I actually got in a Christian band. I think they thought that that was like my turning point. You're coming but, back. Yeah. 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 Little, little did I know. <laughs> Absolutely. But no, yeah. Like the, the homeschool thing, a lot of people think like, Oh, that's great. You know, like that must've been hard, you know, like making friends and like getting, I don't know, adjusted socially. It was, it wasn't a thing. Like I, I had so many kids around where I lived that, yeah, I just, we all hung out once I got off school. Sure. I'm sure part of it is just what people, you know, tell you, right? You're like, yeah. Oh my God, you're weird. Of, you're homeschooled. Yeah, of, like yeah. you're a weirdo. Yeah, or like how sure. do you even meet people? And then yeah. if you start getting that in your head, Maybe you're like, oh yeah, I am at like some kind of disadvantage. When yeah. really, it's like, actually, no, motherfucker, I'm off at one thirty. Yeah. I'm skateboarding down sick. to the mall. I love you know? it. Yeah, right. I, I had friends like begging me, you know, as a young teenager, like, come on, come to school. You'd have so much fun. I'm like, fuck that. I don't want to be there all day. Like, I have other shit I want to do. Do you have any brothers and sisters? <laughs> I have three. Yeah. So they're all all you were all homeschooled. All homeschooled. Are they older, yeah. younger? Um, one older, two younger. Yeah. Okay. And they all okay. they all had the option too, like. Yeah. At a certain age, yeah. So you're still tight with your family? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. yeah. I don't see them too often, a couple times a year, but they're all like still down in Ohio and stuff. Mm-hmm. But 
and yeah, my mom lives in Florida. She I actually just saw her a couple weeks ago on tour. Yeah, yeah. It's still it's it's still so weird for me, like her coming out to shows and watching because I didn't allow either of my parents to come see me up until like two years ago. Really? Yeah. Didn't allow sh- just because of I don't know your own nerves maybe. Yeah, my own nerves. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Like they're both like I said, both very Christian, you know, but. My mom likes it. She's stoked about it now. What but, about all the F words? Oh, I mean, we just try not to talk about like <laughs> what I'm actually saying. And uh, But that's still, the, to this day, my dad's never seen me perform because he's just such a pure soul. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, don't, I don't want him to come hear me sing songs about, you know, doing drugs and having sex and stuff like that. <laughs> I don't think he needs to hear that. <laughs> I'd be pretty bummed. Oh, that's that. But is he is funny. supportive still, though. Yeah, from Absol- afar. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's kind of the right approach. I don't know. You know, like, yeah. yeah I- I'll tell you though. Like, I'll be. I can play a show, like a European festival to like eighty thousand people, mm-hmm. and like, sure, I'll get like a little bit of nerves. Mm-hmm. I can play a show to like a hundred people, but my mom are there, oh, and it's like I'd be the same. I wouldn't even have fun. That's the. Yeah. I think that's another thing. I'd be so nervous. About what they're thinking that I wouldn't even have a good time. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Like, like, and that happens. Not just even my parents. Just sometimes anybody that I Same. like that I like know. It just it's I can't so, even track so different. Vocal. I can't even do vocals in my own house. I have to make my wife leave for like, you know, go take the credit card, go like have fun for a couple hours. I'm, <laughs> I can't. I well, that's what she's doing right now. I, I saw her on the way out. Yeah. I can't sing in front of her. Just I don't right. know. It's weird. But that's another thing too. I mean, we're in your apartment, which yeah. is. I mean, it's a nice, spacious place. Don't Thanks. get me wrong, but it's not the newest. I'm sure the walls yeah. are pretty paper thin. Oh yeah. You, do you track vocals in here? Sometimes, yeah. I did. I have like a solo record I'm about to put out in the summer, and I tracked all of it <laughs> in my bedroom over there. Yeah. Does do you feel though? See, because I just so I always lived in apartments. Mm-hmm. You know, I lived in Toronto downtown for like seven or eight years, and and I lived in condos, and I could never track in my place no it's because i would feel like oh the like neighbor's gonna be hearing people. me yeah. singing the same like line over and over again yeah. like just they're like, what, what is this so now i live in a house mm-hmm. and the houses are pretty far apart and yeah. i just let it rip at like 3 a.m and it's great. i missed that i had that for a while yeah yeah, yeah but i i uh i'm surprised with your you know with your personality and, and your parents that you can you can make a record uh well yeah it, it's crazy what you're able to do with such a small space you know what i mean but I made it work. I have it padded out really well. Like it's yeah. soundproofed and everything. That's well, cool. But yeah, that's cool. So is this another record about robots? Solo no. record, or that's, this is something this else? This is no. It's like um, I don't know if you've heard of the one before that. It was called Dynamite. It's like blue, oh yeah, it's yeah. like blues rock type stuff. Yeah, yeah. The new stuff is more like I guess like poppy blues. You know, some of it could be compared to like I guess like Post Malone, but like with a bluesier feel. You know, but yeah, that's that's been the kind of uh, it's got like a kind of a Frank Ocean-y type vibe too. Like right. it's all very chill, mellow stuff. Kind of just like a reflection of what I'm listening to these days, you know, more just totally, you know, totally experimental. Well, uh, with, you know, all the stuff you're doing and there's a lot of stuff. Um, I'm not really sure where you find the time. First of all, well, last year we were gone, like I think eight or nine months out of the year. It broke my brain. I was yeah. I came home just like depleted. <laughs> I'd never like we've toured a lot in the past. I think the most we ever did was like six or seven months, but last year I came home and I was like fucked up mentally. Like just trying to readjust everything because my sleep schedule got all screwed up and like I don't know, just 
everything it was just overwhelming you know what i mean so when i got home i just kind of had to rewire everything and try to get back in a good pattern right i'm sure you've experienced <laughs> well that's the thing is that that for me is like normal yeah. like we always tour that much and we always have yeah so my brain's maybe just always a it little broken wired for <laughs> and oh yeah i'm a fucked up guy yeah but the but yeah like that's the thing is i come home and i the last thing i want to think about is music yeah like I'm the same way. I mean, I like I'll sure I'll throw on some of my favorite records and stuff like that. Yeah. But in terms of trying to be creative or trying to like feel inspired, like not really. I, yeah. I just kind of want to drink beer and watch sports, and right. that's more like what I want to do. Just to be honest, when yeah. I've been on the road for like nine months in a year yeah. or whatever. So whenever I see someone like you, um, or like uh, I had Johnny Frank on on uh, the podcast a couple weeks ago, and mm-hmm. he's he does a solo album like he puts one out like he puts two out a year that's insane it's insane yeah. but you know but you're putting a lot of, out a lot of things and I don't have that kind of motivation yeah. but you do so that's kind of why I ask just yeah. out of curiosity you know I mean normally we at least have you know half the year off so I can take like a month to myself to kind of chill at first and then you know once I feel ready kind of get back into yeah. it but this year I literally had to like force myself while off tour like you know I have to get this done, you know what I mean? So just force myself to kind of get in the mindset of, you know, feeling inspired and, you know, sure. sometimes you have to just force yourself into that kind of stuff, but it never like feels, once you get in that groove, it never like feels forced. It's always like, oh, I missed this, you know, it's kind of nice to come back to. Because I don't know about you, but like yeah. when I'm writing, I feel like that's when I'm, I feel the most alive, as corny as that sounds, you know what I mean? Like it gives my, my, life purpose you know what I mean like right. every day I'm like stoked to wake up and have that to do you know what I mean but it always just takes that initial just like motivating myself to just get into it you know because at first usually the first few things that come out are kind of shitty but after once you get past that you're like oh man yeah this is fun I enjoy this <laughs> there you go yeah that's that's yeah that's almost exactly verbatim what Johnny said two yeah. weeks ago yeah that it's my favorite part of it and yeah you gotta he goes you have to write a couple stinkers and then the good yeah. shit starts coming out but i feel worthless so, when i'm not writing i just i don't know i just kind of yeah. float through life when i'm not but so yeah it's always good i just always have to push myself to just get into it i, I love it yeah. i love it and do you write on, on the road too no oh, okay yeah me I, almost neither. almost not at all I, I feel like it would just i'd be doing myself a disservice like i can't yeah. focus on I don't know, especially like the way that uh, I write. Uh-huh. I tend to like sit on my couch or in one place for like a very long period of time and really like pour over every note, every chord. Yeah. And I need the like, I need almost, I almost need like a, a unlimited amount of time mm-hmm. to get my idea how I want it. Yeah. Whereas if it's like, okay, well, you got this time between like the meet and greet and sound check. So you got like, you got like an hour. Yeah. So I couldn't go, okay, I'm just going to sit for an hour. Cause what if like the best shit starts coming out? Like f- after I've been there working for 45 minutes and then True. I have to like leave it behind. Yeah. I, I just can't work like that. Especially when I'm already, th- I, I have a, a thing where I, in my brain too, where I'm constantly thinking about shit I have to do. Mm. And if, if I'm thinking about that, I don't think I'll be able to get yeah. the right creative space. I can, co- I commend anyone that, 
that writes on tour so much. I I've tried. I've, I'll bring my gear almost every tour just in case like I get yeah. inspired, but it never happens. I'm no. just never in that no. right. The, mindset the only thing that I'll I'll have that's close to like writing is oh like there's a cool sound check riff that I like yeah. came up with. Oh, let me record it in my phone real fast. Right. It's hardly writing, but yeah, that's about as that's close as it gets though. for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess it's something. Yeah. I mean, you do that. You tour for nine months. A year, and you know, at the end of the the year, you get quite a few pretty good sound check riffs. Yeah, that's I guess. true. So it's something. Yeah. Um. So so let's go back again to the before their eyes days. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work out. You you're you're off for a little while. Mm-hmm. Maybe feeling a little worthless. I don't oh, want yeah, to put words in your mouth, but yeah, no. not <laughs> probably not feeling at the top. Um. Yeah. After basically trying to lead a band and failing. Yeah. How did it all happen that you decided, hey, I'm going to start this, and when did you start feeling like, oh shit, I have something here? Well, like, so I started Plot as like, a, it was called something else before Vessels, that, but, right? Yeah, yeah. Vessels. Um, so I started that as a side project while still in Before Their Eyes. It was like the last year that I was in it, but it was just more of like a studio thing that I was doing on my own. I had a couple friends that would like play hometown. You weren't taking it very seriously. No, not at all. Yeah. So whenever before their eyes kind of crumbled, um, the, the singer of that band, the old singer that quit, he was like, "Hey, I'll sign you for that EP that you have written or whatever." So he, we did a video for that. It was horrible. Um, put the EP out. <laughs> didn't really do anything. Videos. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. And uh, and then he said like um, Craig from Rise was interested in signing it, and he sent in a contract like two days after none of us even read it we just signed it immediately <laughs> we we're just so stoked and uh that ended up being kind of a nightmare was, <laughs> but so we did i think we did like we ended up doing like three years on rise and uh but it was for us it was kind of like not even being on a label you know like that <laughs> we were like bottom of the totem pole exactly like which i totally understand but yeah, it was kind of a, it was rough. Like the first few years of that, I was like, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> this is like, I, I was recording bands and stuff at home and, uh, every tour we went on, we didn't make a dime for like three or four years. And every tour was just like the, the worst tour that you could possibly do. And yeah. somehow we, I, I don't know how, but we somehow fought our way through it. It's, <laughs> it's true. And, and yeah, I thought you would be on Rise just because it would be like a carryover from Before Their Eyes. It was easy. You know yeah. what I mean? No, but I mean, like, I thought maybe you were still under contract. Oh, no. Kind yeah. of thing. And they're like, yeah. well, I was never on you contract, can quit the band, actually. but we still have you. Yeah, no. Y- you know, I, I think I was the only were, member of the band that w- didn't sign. Was never signed, yeah, right? Which right. Which was sick. Yeah. Right. Which is great. Yeah. But now, <laughs> but at the time, you're like, oh, I wish I was like a signed musician. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. you want to have the label, but it's like, damn dude actually no and i think that's why i was so like excited and just like i don't care what the fuck this piece of paper says i'll sign if you know i have to cut off my arm like (laughs) right and sometimes they do i think you got out relatively unscathed yeah down depending like how how bad it could have been yeah and not to talk shit like they're you know they're good good people and good label or whatever but we were just we were not like a priority at all. No, yeah. no, I absolutely not. Yeah. And and that label's gone through major changes now. Like yeah. Craig isn't even there anymore. Yeah, right. You know, so that's the label label founder. Are you guys so, you're on rise? Um, we've completed our deal. Oh, okay. So yeah, so we we signed for however many records, and we've put them out, and now we're we're gonna see. That's cool. So yeah, it's it's cool. We just put out our first um, independent release which was some re-records 
uh, of record. some old stuff. Yeah, like That's actually cool. went back in the studio and redid it. Like from like, the ground like up. Like from the ground up. That's cool. Yeah, no yeah. one really does that. Yeah, I think it's and, cool. And like, yeah, and it's funny, I was uh, talking to this uh, last week with uh, Steve from Punchline, and it's like, mm. he's like, how scary is it? And they've been a band for like 20 years or yeah. something. He's like, how scary is it that someone can hear about your band, go on Spotify, and judge you in 30 seconds over something you recorded 20 years ago? That's true. And yeah. then that's it, and then just write you off. It's fucked up. Right? <laughs> yeah, so at least we're crazy. trying to fight the good fight against that. Yeah, you that's know? cool though. Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, okay, so back to what you're saying too, and it's jumping around a lot, which I love. Yeah. I always saw your band's name on, like you said, all these kind of bad tours. Yeah. And yeah, it was like, I'm like, was oh, this guy doing something else? Is this just a side project? Is this, because yeah. I know you're recording bands. It seemed right. like you were almost like a producer and then you just like go have fun on yeah. with your own band. That's basically it didn't what it was. seem, right, it didn't yeah. seem like it was super serious. Yeah. But your fans were really taking it seriously. Yeah. And it seems like right out of the gate, you're making a big mark with your music, which is probably, to answer your question, the reason that, you know, that you're here doing so well now. Yeah, it's, it was a long road. And like I said, for, for the first like few years, it wasn't for a paycheck. It was more just like, let's go have fun for a month. Like, yeah. let's go hang out and... And that's fine. that was fine. But then it started as we started getting older. We're like, oh, we need to like take other things seriously. So we kind of stopped touring for a little bit. Almost broke up, and then Fearless hit us up, and that was kind of like the rebirth of everything. We're like, oh, like you know, we found a label that gives a shit and wants to like, you know. So Fearless came to you. Yeah. Wow. So we that's did a- crazy because because Fearless is like, I mean, they're kind of the top of the top Dude, of labels. They're literally, and they just. They're amazing. Like I have absolutely nothing negative to say. That label has done like above and beyond for yeah. the band. It's mind blowing. Like they saved our band's life for sure. Yeah, no, they're they're incredible. Um, yeah. well, the last album you put out was a very different. Uh, I mean, it was just different, yeah. <laughs> different approach, um, a different direction. Mm-hmm. When they came to you, they didn't know that, I guess. Well, so um, after we had, we did one record with Stay Sick. Um, right, and that was like that was just the deal. They bought us out of our rise contract and all that stuff, and so yeah, we did that. We did happiness and self destruction with um, Stay Sick, and then after that, we did like a headliner, and then it was pretty much like nothing. You know, like we just mm-hmm. kind of sat around, and I start. I was totally accepted the idea like that. I'm fine with that being my last tour. You know what I mean? Like I had a good time, um, and then out of nowhere, our manager was this was like after us being off for a long time he's like hey i think fearless is interested in signing you guys and at the time i honestly didn't know much about fearless like so i started doing my research and i was like i talked to some other friends that were on the label and stuff they're like it's the, oh, about yeah. as good as you can get and i was like totally so we showed them the new demos and like kind of the direction that we were going and they were super super stoked on wow. it so it was like damn i guess I could have a few more years left of me, you know, like if, if they really say, if they can really do what they say that they think that they can do for the band, I was like, I'll do one more. We'll see what happens, you know, but before that I was totally, totally fine with never touring again. It's crazy. When you did the stay sick, um, record, were you dealing with Franz on that all the time or is he not really, uh, our manager at the time also worked for stay sick. So we already oh, kind of had okay. that connection. So yeah. we kind of just dealt with him, but Franz like, he, he definitely like 
cares, you know, and oh, sure. I think he's very ambitious and stuff. Oh, sure. He, he's, I don't know how much like hands on, how hands on he was. With yeah. Him. Well, he, he and I have become friends yeah. through the show, yeah. I guess. Cause I interviewed him and I, he's a great guy. He kind of is a great guy. Yeah. yeah like he's, he's kind of like, uh, out of his mind, mm-hmm. um, but in the best way. Yeah. And he, he, yeah, his work ethic and some of the ideas like that he has are really like he's a smart dude. Yeah, he is for sure. There's Which no I, question. I think that's a common misconception. You know, like his his persona. You know, yeah, is uh, it's a little bit different than what he actually is. And Ex- exactly. But you got roped into that. Yeah. <laughs> and you did tours with Attila. Yeah, we did one. Uh, yeah, we did one. That is insane. That was like the, when the about that life record came out. I think every yeah. show sold out, but like one or two it was nuts. Was that? I mean, obviously, that's good for your career, and that in terms of you're getting in front of a lot of fans, a lot of them kind of young, yeah, younger fans and stuff. But at the same time, being lumped in with Attila, has that been any? Has there been any issues with that? Like people no. just saying, "Oh, they're like Attila Junior. or anything like that? No, just because not, not that you are, but yeah, just yeah. because of the association. No, I, th- I, th- I think we got more shit on on a four today tour than we got. Oh. On a- <laughs> Yeah, that like we had. Fortunately, really took really taken it the other way. Oh yeah, they're yeah. I think within the (laughs) the same year we toured with Attila and For Today, and it was like night and day. Like the For Today fans did not like us at all, and then Attila fans were like, you know, so welcoming. Right. (laughs) Yeah, that was an interesting year. That's wild. That's wild. Well, Fearless is wow. That's really great. And I don't know if you knew this, but I was poking around on your Spotify Mm -hmm. the other day. And in your top ten, mm. nine of them are from your new album. Yeah, and the tenth—I actually just realized that recently. And the too. tenth is a cover. Oh, really? Yeah, that's kind of so a bummer. <laughs> I, I, well, it's it's yeah. It's that's, I mean, shit, no one it, no one ever wants it, a cover to be one. Of them. No, but it always it always is, man. <laughs> always, Those pop yeah. goes punk things are so damn yeah. popular. It's, <laughs> it's um, true. But that must make you feel good. No, it's great. I've, we've no, we noticed on this last tour, especially doing the meet and greet like most people had only heard of us from the new record yeah and so like some cities we'd play some older songs and people are like what the fuck is this like right. i had no clue that's like, what i was gonna ask you which is kind of cool and yeah but it's tough because you've been a band a long time you yeah. have fans that have been with you from the beginning yeah that you know they show up wearing like the first t-shirt you ever printed yeah you know they've got some rare like demo they want you to sign yeah and they want to hear some deep cut from and You're, yeah, is it impossible to play it at this point? There's we played one song from that first record that we put out, and it felt so just like left field that like halfway through the tour, I was like, I don't know if this is worth it to even do for like the ten kids that care. Um, <laughs> you know, that's the thing. Yeah, but it's hard. You kind of have to do that fan service if they're gonna wait. If those kids really liked that old record and they're waiting through the entire set to hear that one song kind of have to give it to them you know yeah yeah i mean i I guess at the the point your band is now and the way that you know anniversary tours start being a thing maybe it could be something where it could be like ah we're gonna do a set like two sets and one could be something like something old for those fans yeah um but at the same time maybe not yeah because the music has changed so much exactly and yeah obviously like like what I said, you know, most of the kids that are at our shows now, like, have no idea what the old records are. We maybe have, like, I don't know, five to ten kids a night that are like, play that old song, we don't, you know, that no one else knows. Right. So, I don't think for us it would even be worth it. Probably, no, probably, yeah. probably not. A lot of kids are probably going to listen to this and be very pissed off hearing that. <laughs> well, no. Nah. The old fans. Yeah, well, 
You know, it is what it is. I mean, the sound has changed. And, yeah. I mean, why has it changed? I don't know. I I don't really... Every, I feel like every, you know, metalcore vocalist says, you know, I don't really listen to this kind of stuff. You know, like, it's become <laughs> yeah. like such a stereotypical yeah, thing to say. But it's it, for me, it is true. I, I don't really listen to much heavier stuff. And I don't know. It's not because I think I've outgrown it or anything like that. I don't think it's a... I don't know what my, was that. A my dog is. Was that a? I don't know. Oh, small one. Oh, oh hi. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I feel like a lot of people talk about it as like they grew out of it. You know, like as if heavy music is immature or something like that. I don't think that at all. I just I don't know. My taste has just changed, and you know, a lot of people will say like not a lot, but some people have said you know it sounded like they sold out on the new record or whatever. To me, it's you're only selling out if you're playing something you don't want to play. You know what I mean? If we were to do totally. another metalcore record, forced metalcore record, that would have been us selling out. You know what I mean? Yeah. None of it. That's just not where our hearts are. So, yeah, what we're, what we're doing now, I think, is what we've wanted to do for a long time, but especially these later years. You know, totally. It just feels um, more organic. You're doing co-writes, yeah. And I guess this probably started back in the production days, making records yeah. for other bands. Probably how it started. Does that in some way start to bleed into the plot in you yeah for sure like where you're writing like you're like okay this artist is probably not like a heavy artist or or this is something different and you're trying to write a song in some kind of different genre that's maybe not in your wheelhouse yeah and then you're like for a second you're like wait Wait, maybe maybe this is me maybe this is like what i want to do i have a funny story about that actually i the first song and the last song off of our new record i probably two of my favorites i was thank you i I wrote those songs for another dude but as we're in the writing, I wrote both those songs in one day. And as I was writing them, I'd get like halfway through and I was like, dude, I'm sorry. I have to keep this for myself. Like, I'm way too stoked. And he was legit pissed off at me. Like, Who by was the end it? of the day, his name was Shanzi. Uh, he's like this independent artist from Arizona. He was up, up with me for like two weeks writing and stuff. Well, and you, I, I hope, like, hopefully you wrote, wrote him some other cool I did. Shit I wrote him some. <laughs> I, I made sure like the third song I wrote, it was, it was still sick. I was like, all right, you can have this. So, had you already had you already like were you writing with him? Yeah, well, like I was writing, he was kind of sitting and just like giving input and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but dude, yeah, he was fucking bummed. Yeah, because I le- legit wrote both of those songs in the same day, and one after the other, I was just like, dude, I'm so sorry, you're gonna hate me, but I have to keep this song for myself. <laughs> I have so many ideas for these, and uh, yeah, I think it kind of put a, a strain on our friendship for a minute, but. Yeah, it's, got, it's interesting. I got two of my favorite songs out of it. So it's interesting. Yeah, and they are the first and last, you know, songs kind of booking book album. Hey, yeah. hey, you. Barrett, chill. Uh, book book ending the um, the record, mm. but they do have a different sort of tone yeah. than the rest of the the record. Is that sure. is that an intentional thing to put yeah. them in that sort of sequence and stuff? Yeah, uh, those are the two, the only two songs that don't really have a structure. You know what I mean? They kind of just right as they go, it just gets you know weirder. Weirder, but which when you're writing a song for someone else's, that's generally a bad idea. Exactly <laughs> to go yeah. with that form. Exactly. So and maybe that, it's better for that guy. Yeah, that that's exactly kind of how I sold it to him. I was like, dude, there's no chorus or anything. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want this song. Like, yeah, you know, this, this song's head, terrible, which is why I'm keeping yeah, it. <laughs> in the back of my head, I'm like, cha-ching, cha-ching. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. It's good. Yeah. He ended up with some cool songs, so I think we're square. Absolutely. Um, while we're on the subject, a couple of the other. Uh, songs on the record one's called rigged yeah and i love the title thanks um can we talk about the music business 
Yeah. <laughs> is that is that what it's about? Oh yeah. Um yeah, I, yeah and I, I love that whole concept of, you know, every musician is fighting this uphill battle. Yeah. Because of whatever happened, you know, I guess now it's we're talking about sixty years ago when they decided this is the way we're gonna sell records. Yeah. And how that's just bled into into it and how mm-hmm. now finally I feel like artists are able to be like, wait a second. We can take we this power back. This. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, all they're just a bank when you think about it. For the most part, well, yeah. a lot of them, I will say, and that was my experience. You know, you know, before Fearless was always, it was a very impersonal. You know, they pretty much just they'll throw you a couple grand to do this, a couple grand to do that. You know, tour for two years and then we'll repeat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, like, and then like hopefully we get a hit and if we don't yeah. then whatever yeah exactly right yeah but yeah that song was kind of just me venting about my past experience you know just feeling uh used up and kind of like chewed up and spit out you know what i mean so that was yeah me just kind of venting all those those loose thoughts you know yeah <laughs> but I, I i have a better i feel like i have a better relationship with the dudes at rise now than i did even while we were on the label you know what i mean like right i think I just kind of realized like I wasn't really offering them that much, you know, cause we were, I kind of went against the grain of, I think everything they kind of wanted us to do. And, uh, so yeah, I, I kind of deserved to be <laughs> pushed down, I guess. Well, I mean, and sure hindsight's twenty twenty, but I'm sure in some ways they probably look at what you guys are doing now and what fearless is doing. <laughs> Sorry. And, and they probably have some regrets too, right? Maybe. I mean, they're probably like, oh my God, we didn't see this potential that this band, yeah. you know, had or, or right. either we, we didn't make it happen and it's too bad, yeah. right? But I think, yeah, I think they still just, have your back catalog, right? Yeah. So, yeah, you exactly. know, it's, it's not too bad <laughs> yeah, for they're, them. They're fine. Yeah. That's right. But yeah, the, the, the relationship now is, is good, you know? Yeah. I can talk to them and kind of, you know, cause they still have to send me checks. So I have to talk to them every now and then. <laughs> oh, well, if they send you checks, <laughs> yeah. then geez, that's yeah. not bad. <laughs> That doesn't happen for a lot of bands. That's true. Um, whether you deserve them or not. Right. Uh, speaking of relationships, uh, Feel Nothing, that's a song on the record, and I read that you wrote it about an ex-partner, but while you were still together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, I don't want to get too deep that's into that. That's pretty but, rough. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> basically, like, yeah, before I went to go record that record, we were kind of like on our way out of the relationship. So she was definitely hearing like most of what I was writing, but I don't know for whatever reason I don't think it really registered. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, well, I, I think that that's a funny thing, man, and yeah. I've been there too. Yeah, and I've definitely because here's the thing, right? Like, I feel like with women, you know, after like a couple months, like let's say you know the woman's like I'm not really feeling it after two months, they break it off. Yeah, a guy after like two months, I'm not really feeling it. I'm going to wait like six or seven more, more years, years and then I'll break it off. <laughs> that's so you know, true. You know, like, yeah. like, and that's sort of what's happened to me. And I know other people cause I've had this conversation, maybe not on the show, but, God, but in general so true. where, <laughs> where you where literally you're writing about a person and they're like in the other room yeah. and it like all of a sudden you're like, well, this is like, this isn't really nice of me to do. Right. And then of course, inevitably the album either comes out or they hear a rough mix or something. Like, what's this about? 
Oh, and you lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to lie. <laughs> oh, no, 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 honey. It's 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 just they're just words, you know? Yeah. Like I had to come up with something that like rhymed with with fire, so I used desire, yeah. you know, like <laughs> just <laughs> you know, That's you, so you do whatever. You say what you have to do to like kind of cover your ass. Yeah. When really it's like Oh, my wife now it, that shit doesn't fly. If she even thinks for a second so, something might be about her and it's a little salty, no. <laughs> That's not happening. I'm like, all right. Well, way to take all the fun out of everything. How Why is my dog just puking everywhere? Oh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't see any puke. Where? That's good now. Well, she did over there. She's just I, see a, I think I see a little one over there. But, um, but yeah, it's kind of good now. It's challenging. Like, I have to down. I have to kind of think outside the box a little bit i can't just talk shit you know <laughs> through music but right yeah. um how long have you been married uh about almost a year nice yeah, yeah. nice cool yeah she's great. is she from here is that what she's brought you from here? ohio too actually but um so what brought you here to, to downtown detroit a little I, bit random dude, it is very random because detroit in my mind like i hated it i had a phone stolen downtown like a couple years ago and that was like my the last thing in my mind. Like, right. I got my fucking phone stolen. How did it get stolen? Like I was sitting in the van. We had one of our side doors open. It was like summertime. And this homeless guy comes in and just sits next to me oh and asks God. if he can buy my shoes. And I was like, no. And then he leaves. And 10 minutes later, I'm like, wait, where's my phone? My phone was next to me. just sitting on the thing. He had swiped it. So that was like the taste I had of Detroit in my mouth for years. I was like, that's the place where I got my phone stolen. I was broke. It took me like couple weeks to get another one i was so depressed oh my god so basically we lived all over like around detroit so you moved here to find that guy to find that guy get my phone back. this is your vigilante mission (laughs) to find this guy years later you roam the streets of detroit at night looking for one homeless guy for that iphone i think it was a 5g or something like that yeah But yeah, so we had lived in and around well not in but around detroit for a couple years and uh, and then my wife just randomly found an apartment that was super close to downtown. She was like, let's at least go look at it. And she was like, yeah, I love it. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to be gone. So you pick, wherever you want to go, that's where we'll go. Yeah. So she still, yeah, she works at an orphanage actually downtown, like around downtown. And uh, yeah, I think we're, I think, I think we're just going to stay in Detroit now. I think we both have grown to love it. Well, yeah. And I started coming to Detroit. It's really funny because today's Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, happy Cinco yeah, de Mayo, by the yeah, way. Too. And it's really so. I started dating this girl that lived in Michigan. Uh-huh. Uh, this would have been like 2007, mm-hmm. so like like a long time ago, 12 yeah. years ago. And I remember I because I was living in Toronto at the time. She was living um, downriver, um, uh, Grozio, actually. Okay. Um, so I came to visit her, mm-hmm. and this is like the third time like we ever hung out, and it was Cinco de Mayo, and mm-hmm. I got off the bridge. Mm-hmm. And it, which leads you right in Mexican town. Mm. And it was like, I, I've never felt more out of place in my life. <laughs> yeah. Made, made like a turn. Didn't really know where I was going. All I'm seeing is literally like, like a child hitting up. a pinata, yeah. like Mexican, like mariachi bands, like street tacos, like all this stuff. And I'm just like, ah, and the streets are closed. And I didn't know where to go. So yeah. that's just a weird throwback I had yeah. to, to that. But back then, you know, whatever it is, 12 years ago, you didn't want to live down here. Detroit man. was a it was totally different really, place. Really, really scary. And it's gotten really cool. Yeah, especially like the downtown area. Like I never worry about anything. Like it's it's so chill. There's 
all, and there's always shit going on too, like music festivals and stuff like that. Like it's popping. Yeah. Stuff going, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's funny because after a, a few years later, she moved um, from, uh, you know, Gra- Grozeal downriver mm-hmm. downtown and she lived like the building over there, mm-hmm. the like the light colored building, yeah, the yeah. taller one. She used to mm-hmm. live in there. Oh, crazy. So when I was rolling up, I was Small like, world. oh shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I know this area. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, but it is really, really crazy. And, and now, especially with, you know, what they've done with like Little Caesars Arena mm-hmm. and that whole area now is like great. And yeah. I feel like that's just. It, the radius is now getting bigger and bigger where there's so many great restaurants and yeah. and places to hang. It's sick. I love it a lot. I never in a million years thought I'd end up in Detroit, but yeah, nope. it's cool how it worked out. Nope. Yeah. And you're going to watch in the rent you're paying right now. Oh, is, it's going to be it's, double. It's, oh like, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, it's not going to last forever. <laughs> yeah, for sure. In fact, don't come to Detroit. It's, yeah. it sucks. Don't, <laughs> e- nobody come here. Even the, just the year that we've lived here, we've seen so much growth. It's insane. Yeah. I've never seen a, a city grow that fast. It's, it's pretty yeah. Awesome. Man. No, it's uh, I, I love it, and and I I really like living just across the river. I pop over here all the time. Yeah. Just I pop over here just to get gas. That's cool. Yeah, smart. Why not? So um, I got a few fan questions. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm I'm not just checking my Facebook. I right. uh, <laughs> I I have some questions on here I posted for sure. Like I said before, a lot of people were really really excited about this one. That's cool. Um, so the first question comes from Sam Uel Lepercio. Mm-hmm. I never knew how to say his last name. Uh, he's asking if you're going to keep going with the AI 640. That concept is amazing and so heavy. Thank you, Samuel. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to do one more and then that'll be it. That'll be kind of like the, it'll be a trilogy, I guess. Right. But, uh, yeah, that's something I just started. I started it, I think it was four or five years ago. It was just, I wanted to write like riff built guitar stuff, you know, yeah. just like the craziest unplayable shit. Because it was just fun to do, and then yeah. what do you mean by unplayable? Well, at least I can't play. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's pretty most I, there's I would say at least like fifteen percent of it is actually pretty unplayable. So like you have to record it like note for note. Yeah, note for of? note. It's all just craziness the entire time. Yeah, but, yeah. A lot of people don't understand that, which is yeah. why I'm yeah no I, yeah. You know? I don't think most people even know what riff building is, but yeah, basically you just yeah play everything note for note, and uh, you can make a collage of sounds that are almost unhuman you know <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's it's wild and i i know a lot of that stemmed from when people uh discover that guitar pro program yeah, yeah you can like you can it's just basically like you know if people know what a guitar tab book looks like you can kind of enter in the numbers yourself but yeah. you can put numbers in that like your hand could, never, physical, could yeah. never physically do exactly. and then a lot of people were like wait a second this is kind of crazy we yeah. can like play chords that you can't play or whatever right so that's uh, that's interesting that you yeah. use that that concept yeah um, one more one more little ep and i think that'll be it yeah, yeah. absolutely um okay i got one here from gunner morales mm-hmm. um he asks, do you miss the Wife Beater days, which is the name of a record, by the yes. way. Let's not get... And what was your favorite show you ever played? I do not miss the Wife Beater days at all. <laughs> um, that record, Why was the record called that? Um, it was all. It was like about domestic violence and okay, stuff like okay. that. Just like um, stories of you know childhood things and stuff like that. Um, but yeah. Uh, no, I don't miss that at all. I think we did like two tours, and I think they're two of the worst tours we've ever done. Um, and it was, yeah, it was, it was a bummer. We did those two tours in a, in a, in a vehicle that broke down like every few shows. And, uh, so, that, so the favorite shows weren't then, not then at all. I would honestly, I'd have to say any of my favorite shows that I could think of were probably this past year. 
Awesome. Yeah, there was a lot on this past headline. Does anyone uh, stick out in your mind? One moment? Um, we did uh, a show in LA with Under Oath, and it was like to, I, th- I don't, I could be overshooting a bit, but I think it was like 10, 11,000 people. And that was just like, fuck. Like, it was pretty nuts. I think that that's when it hit me like, I'm on tour with the band that legitimately got me into music in general. And like, this is insane. You know, it's like yeah. mind blowing. That was like one of my first, like, this is cool moments, you know, I haven't had too many of those. So yeah, that was like, that was a cool one for me for sure. I love it. I love it. Uh, okay. We got one from Adam Castillo Mm -hmm. with the sound change on dispose. Was it more of a natural progression in the band sound or were they conscious of making a less heavy album follow up? Does he think that they hit their ceiling on creativity with heavy music on happiness in self-destruction? That's a good question. Well-worded. Very well-worded right. question. Um, so I actually, I wrote about 20 songs for Dispose, and um, I'm not kidding, like half of them are heavy songs, and basically when we got to the studio, we're Like just, they could be on the last record kind of yeah, heavy songs? Yeah, yeah. easily. Um, and when we went to the studio, we're like, we don't care if it's heavy, we, we just want the 10 best songs, you know what I mean? Nine or 10 best songs. And, uh, and those 10 songs ended up being you know, the ones that weren't really that heavy. Like, there's heavy moments on the record. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but, totally. Um, but, yeah, there was, like, there was a lot of songs that were, like, pure, that were written to be, like, all screaming for the most yeah. part. And, you know, like, very heavy songs. They just, we didn't feel like they were up to par with the other ones. So, so I always ask people when they talk about this, and, and some people will say, like, oh, I wrote 20 songs, and, and some people, like, say, like, throw out ridiculous numbers, like, yeah, I wrote like, 70 oh, shut songs. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, like, people literally tell me yeah, that, maybe, and I always maybe, call them out, because yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, okay, explain. I get, like, 70s. maybe you wrote 70 riffs, but you didn't write 70 songs. Right. Get out of here. That's, that's where I'm at. So, with those six or seven heavy songs that are, well, I mean, it's not that they're shit songs, they just yeah. weren't the best songs. Right. Is there any chance that those are going to come to, you know, be on the next record or maybe some, you know, version of them could be. It's possible. There's definitely one. I think we've agreed that we would like to use the skeleton in the future or right. something. Cause it had some really cool parts, but right. Yeah. Going forward. But do you think you hit your ceiling of heavy music? I love that. That's a, question. Yeah. That's a good question. No, I would actually, I would like to experiment like with heavy in a different way, I guess, you know right. what I mean? Like make it fun again. Because I guess the point where I was when we wrote Dispose, I was just not... There was nothing I could really write about that made sense with heavy music. You know what I mean? Like, I was going through a breakup, had all these emotions and all that shit. So I wanted to write something that fit what I was actually going through. Right. And that just happened to be, you know, the the flow and the kind of just the, the feel, vibe of it. So More sadness than anger, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. There yeah, I was not, not very angry. It was just pretty, pretty like, down in the dumps and, yeah, <laughs> yeah over it. Yeah, all right, all right. And, uh, okay, we have another question. These are all from my sinners, by the way, members of the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. I cool. love y'all. Uh, Caitlin Stevens asks, maybe ask, she says maybe ask, but I'm going to ask, <laughs> okay. maybe ask about where his inspiration for the bluesy type of sound from his solo album Dynamite came from. And we sort of touched on this, but I know yeah. you're working on another one, mm-hmm. follow-up to Dynamite, so, uh, yeah. Basically, I'm... I don't really even listen to blues that much, but I like the idea of it. And I like, like there's a couple blues songs that I like. So I was like, I, I've always wanted to make a blues record, like more modernized, I guess, you know, like, and do it the way that I would like to do it. Right. I haven't heard the record. So I, I'm curious. Do you it's, use it's like 12 bar 
parts or is yeah, it just there's some yeah it's um it's it's straight up blues rock and kind of heavy like i don't that's the best way i can like yeah describe it i guess yeah. it's like heavy blues rock but um i don't know i i just wanted to i had i wanted to hear that in my head you know like i i heard what i thought it could sound like it in my head and then I just kind of went for it. Sorry, that was kind of a bad answer. But. No, I, I think it's a great answer. Yeah. I, and I love the idea of somebody that doesn't, like whatever musical genre someone's in, yeah. you have this idea in your mind that they are some kind of expert on it. Yeah. Like if you're in a punk band, well then you have to know who Pennywise and Bad Religion and right. Sex Pistols are, and you have to know all their songs. It's like, well, yeah. not necessarily. No, not at all. Yeah, just right? go for it. Like yeah. with, with with anything like that. Like yeah. I know I know people that like write are in are in metal bands and write great metal riffs and songs. Mm-hmm. They have no idea what like they don't even know any Metallica songs. Yeah, you know, or they maybe it's heard Enter Sandman once. So yeah. it doesn't always matter. Right. And sometimes I feel like being like trying to write something from that outside perspective mm-hmm. actually can almost be a fresher take on it. No, absolutely. That was kind of, even with plot, whenever I I was doing plot, I was writing way heavier stuff than like the stuff that I actually like to even listen to. Cause I was always like, I want to write the type of heavy music that I want to hear. You know what I mean? Like I want to create something that, you know, I would want to listen to that I don't think really exists yet. You know? So that's always like my motivation in writing in general is like, I like this the idea of this style or this sound, but I don't like how other people have done it thus far, you know, so I want to kind of like give my take on like how I would like to hear it done, you know. That's, Absolutely. That's what keeps it fun. Absolutely, yeah. I love that. Well, what else to tell the people? Um, thank you for allowing me into your home. And, yeah, of course. And uh, everything. Yeah. What else is going Appreciate on? Uh, other than, other than uh, just taking a break from tour, I'm just trying to finish the solo record. That's pretty much it. I've and- got... I yep. think I've got like seven or eight songs completely done and I'm, I think I might add like one or two more. So so are you uh, going to go out on the road by yourself? Is that, uh, is actually, there... I'm I'm doing a solo tour in the summer. It should be announced like within the next two or three weeks, I think. But okay. It's like my first like legit, like super legit solo tour. It's my first uh, solo tour where I'm not headlining too. So Oh, okay. okay. Well, I, I don't want to, because this is going to come out soon, so I don't yeah. want to spoil anything. But um, yeah. when you do this, are you are you going on the road by yourself? Are you bringing out someone else to play um, with I you usually, or I a little just, band? I usually just bring a, a drummer and um, a guitar player slash like keyboard guy kind of does that. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you arrange, um, do you do a lot of like uh, samples or anything? Do you, yeah, do a you lot play, of it. play some backing tracks yeah, or stuff? Yeah, there's a lot of backing tracks. Um, yeah, I have at least the live drums and the dude that plays guitar. You know? yeah. So at least there's like two elements of realness in it. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. not like playing a CD. And yeah, like, exactly. Although I feel like now that's like with all the emo rap stuff, oh, like dude, that's like fine. It's fine. Yeah, yeah no Post, one cares there's anymore. There's videos of Post Malone singing over his CD, like <laughs> legitimately like singing over his own with, voice. With the, the vocals still there? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard, that. I've, I've seen that before. That's acceptable now. That's fine. Yeah, in yeah. fact, I, I saw that happen in Detroit yeah, I my my ex, the one I was talking about, her best friend is one of the morning people on ninety five five mm-hmm. radio station. So uh, we used to go to all these like weirdo like radio events, I yeah. guess. So there was this one show that was contest winners, mm-hmm. and it was for for contest winners. And Dino Cicerelli, the ex Red Wing player, it was he like, owned the bar. He was there. It was mm-hmm. super weird. And it was Flo Rida and Teo Cruz. Mm-hmm. 
and you know Taylor Cruz. Yeah. I let my hands yeah. up in the air sometimes. <laughs> I love that. That's my yeah. jam. So uh, uh, he literally came out wearing sunglasses, like had a microphone, and he was like, "Yeah, like getting the, getting the crowd going." Mm-hmm. And it was just like pushed play. Yeah, wasn't the right track. Stopped. Mm. Pushed play again oh on the on the God. right track. Like literally, that. it was literally a compact disc. Like, I don't even think it was. I think it was literally a CD. And he was he was performing <laughs> the record vocals. He was just singing over top of the vocals. Yeah, just, and he wasn't even them, really they're like, singing. They're like a hype man for their own thing. Yeah, yeah. And he was just there when when Florida played after, and he had a little bit more going on. Yeah. not much more. Yeah, like at least they like his his. Um, producer or mixer was able to make him a instrumental version so you know what i mean so he got to like perform vocal without the vocals there dude if, if pop stars from like the olden days could see that now they'd probably they'd be so pissed off like what did we what did we do what did we set these people up for i'm pissed off yeah. like what is that you know can you imagine getting paid thousands of dollars to just go sing over yourself every night and just jump around it's crazy sounds great Sign me up. It's not. It's not bad. <laughs> yeah, I saw another one too. It was um, Sean Kingston on. He was on one of those um, New Year's Eve mm-hmm. shows. It was. I think it was. He was in Las Vegas because mm-hmm. you know they have all the different regional ones. Yeah, and he was great because he was clearly like lip syncing because mm-hmm. maybe because he ha- was sometimes on those things they like make you do that right yeah. like on the Super Bowl and stuff. Yeah, you're forced to. Yeah. You're forced to. Yeah. Um, but he didn't care. Mm-hmm. He was just like. Like dancing, like not yeah. singing, like just. And I like actually loved that about him. And to this day, whenever I hear about Sean Kingston, I'm like, I fucking love that guy. Yeah. I don't know. It's like weird, you know. It's just such a little thing. That's but, hilarious. But yeah. All right, man. Well, hey, thank you, thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, no and uh, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, for real. It was a good time. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Actually, one more thing. Yeah. I'll play a song for the people. What should I play them of all your material? Um, play them. Uh, I always wanted to leave. Okay. I'm trying to plug that one a little. I want to play it on the next tour, so I want it to yeah, that's, pop off a little bit more. <laughs> that's the the song about the uh, the ex yeah. while you're still with with the girl. That's yeah. <laughs> listen to these lyrics, everybody. Here it is on Lead Singer Syndrome. Oh yeah. So there it is with Landon. I want to thank him and his wife and his dog for having me into his home in beautiful downtown Detroit to speak with him. And he's a bit of a mysterious guy. I found out. However, I found he was very open and honest and cool as hell to me. And I absolutely loved this conversation. Next week, I will be back with a brand new, all new episode of the show. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Make sure you check out the All Access Club. And again, feel free to hit me up. Syndrome at gmail.com if you got anything at all to say, suggestions for future guests. If you got a cool company that wants to advertise on the show, whatever you need, hit me up. I am here just like I always am. I will leave you with the tune. Here is the plot in you from their great record, Dispose. Here is I Always Wanted to Leave. Peace and love. We'll see you next week. I always wanted to leave.
All right, we're back. I'll put this on after the song because, because of course, once the mic gets turned off, we, this good shit's happening. Yeah. So, sorry, what were you going to say? So, basically, I forget how old, I must have been like 15, 16 years old, and uh, my family was watching American Idol, and uh, this dude came on, he, and he performed one of your songs, and yeah. they like ripped him to shreds. Like, oh, yeah. They were so mean to him, like laughing in his face. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And then I checked you guys out. I was like, oh, this is sick. Down Bear. And really? Yeah. So you actually heard it, found yeah, out was, about the band from that? Yeah, I was stoked about it. I, I liked it a lot. 
And uh, so, yeah, actually, the first tour we did with you guys was the first tour. I was like, this is sick. I'm touring with a band like I listened to, you know, growing up. But, yeah. That's crazy. Well, Stroke your ego a little bit. No, well, <laughs> that's rad. But I love that. But, uh, yeah, I remember when that happened, we were in Europe. We were on tour with Simple Plan. Yeah. And it was like, you know, this is primitive. Like, this is like 2006. So this is like yeah. kind of before social media Forever, was like really yeah. Yeah. Uh, a big thing. But my phone like blew up. Yeah, I my can like imagine. you know my whatever I had my restoke at the time or something. Um, yeah, it was like yeah. it was crazy, and yeah. and because that show, you know, people don't really remember how big it was. Yeah, like, it was huge. I was getting because I wrote the song mm. "Smashed into Pieces." I was yeah. getting pretty big royalty checks just from American Idol. That's so sick. Just playing, even just playing repeats of that yeah. was like, was so, they so had to, weird. So they had to like get approval to use that song, right? I guess so, yeah. Like you, it didn't get I run didn't by you. I didn't know about it until it, was, until it aired, but that was, yeah, you know, through Victory Records and, yeah. yeah, maybe, I, I don't know. That's crazy. But yeah, it was, it was super crazy. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, it's funny how much that, that did for us you still in contact time. with that guy yeah i yeah. I, I met well not it's been a couple years now mm-hmm. but he yeah he he got ripped apart too <laughs> yeah. um not just by simon and and uh whoever else paul yeah. abdul but um randy jackson Ra- oh yeah randy yeah. jackson he yeah. did the funny like the oh, yeah or whatever <laughs> um <laughs> yeah he was doing he, inhales he, he for did sure. the impression yeah. it was it was yeah, super funny uh but but he was getting ripped apart on like on MySpace, I guess MySpace existed. Yeah, it did. So I hit the guy up and I was like, "Hey, man!" Like, he came out to a, perform at a show, right? Yeah, he came out. Uh, yeah. That's what happened. So I said, "I said, hey, man! Like, you did a, I thought you did a really good job, and that was really cool, and like, thank you." And he's like, yeah. "Oh, thanks, man. People are saying like I suck, but like they edited it all weird, and like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, man. So I'm like, some he was from Las Vegas, and I mm. said, you know what, man? When we're in town, I'd love to have you come up and 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 sing it with us. Yeah. So we did. Interesting. And then we became like friends, and I saw him. I see him every now and then. It's, yeah. been, it's been a couple of years now, though. That's that's interesting. Shout out to Ryan Hart, wherever yeah. you are. <laughs> oh, and I just remembered. Larry told me he wanted me to tell this story. You you can use this if you want or not, but he he made me tell him like okay. say that I was going to okay. tell the story. Larry's our Silverstein's merch guy, and also Plot News merch guy. Uh, or he, photo he, guy. Yeah, he did photo photos guy. for us on this last tour. Um, he was drunkenly. So that's last why he night. was getting hammered because he didn't have to sell merch. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He go. kept bragging about like how stoked he was to not have any r- real responsibilities. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so this one day we had an off day and we we're just driving, and the power went off in the bandwagon. Uh, have you had that happen? Um, we we're like in. I think we we're in like Texas or something. It wasn't too bad out, but it was a little like, toasty. Like while you're driving, like all the lights and everything go off. Yeah. Like. Yeah, the no, I never, no, never had that. Yeah, so, so we're just sitting back, like sweating. Everyone's phone is like dead or dying. Everyone's switch is dead, so we're all just bored. We we get this great idea to we have this big tub of beef jerky, and uh, I tried it and it was disgusting. And I tried to pawn it off on them. And they're like, no. So I threw it away. And we're just staring at it, and Matisse is like, you know what we should do with that? And I instantly knew what he's talking about. It's like, yeah, we should all shit in it. <laughs> so we. I shit in it first. What? <laughs> yeah, that's this what is, I thought you were. He's like, oh, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> okay. We love to shit outside. That's like our thing. Uh, uh, like, okay. And we have a new thing of like, we like to shit on each, each other's shit. But that's just like what we do for I've fun. done that on porta potties on Warped Tour. Yeah. yeah right. That's really but gnarly. We just like to do it outside. Okay. So, so I shit in the thing first. And uh, Matisse, our drummer, he shat in it next. 
and I had to hold it for him because the the oh, bus so was like, bumpy. yeah, it was it was rattling around really hard. So you're so, watching your friend shit, <laughs> yeah. okay, like up close. That's and uh, so he shits on it too, and Larry's like hammered at like three p.m. and he's like, oh, I'm gonna piss in it. So he <laughs> he pisses in the the container thing, and he's like wobbling around all drunk and stuff, and he thinks that he seals it up. He like turns the thing. <laughs> And so he starts like shaking it around and the lid pops off and he's just like there's piss and shit just going everywhere. And it gets on Josh, our guitar player's foot, and he's like gagging. Everyone's laughing hysterically. Oh my god. The whole the whole thing the whole bus smells like a porta potty. And uh yeah, he had to clean it all up. It took him a while. But yeah, that was like that was for whatever reason he wanted me to tell that story. Oh my god. <laughs> there's other things there that oh, are in our water pump went off too so i don't know if you've had that happen but like yeah, the last week happen, we couldn't yeah. shower it oh smelled really like piss everywhere oh no we, we've had the water the water pump like break but we've yeah. never had a problem where it did that like i think we got it fixed Dude, in it a couple disgusting. days or whatever um it smelled like hot piss yeah. for the whole last so week. you guys are really into shitting on yeah. stuff and you don't have any issue big with your friend shitting oh you're you're you're, yeah, dick, we you're love, a dick band yeah we're call, i call it a dick, dick band <laughs> yeah huge well now we're an asshole band too now we like to just see where we're at you know we show each we used to play this game called inspection or you'd say you'd call out inspection. Oh it's like tag, but if you're the inspector, you can call inspection, and everyone has to bend over and spread their asshole, and you kind of rate, you know. And the worst, whoever has the worst, they become the new inspector. <laughs> we used to have a flashlight too that we the inspector oh would carry at all times. This is yeah, so we're an asshole band. Yeah. So yeah, so you've this is what homeschooling does to people. Yeah. It'll fuck you, you missed up. Out, you missed out on <laughs> yeah, you missed this out. <laughs> childhood. So now you're really taking it to the next yeah, level. Exactly. Overcompensating. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. That's something, man. Well, so that's where we're what at. a way to end the podcast. Yeah. I'm going to put this as like a little secret track. Yeah. So cool. like, you'll have to wait, like, you know how like, the CDs used to do that? Like, yeah, it's like, like a Marvel movie. That's then, like the end yeah, post credit exa- scene. Per, exactly. So that's what this is. So maybe, maybe some people won't hear this. Yeah. Don't worry. I hope not. Landon, thank you so much, man. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. You know it. what? Let's play another song. What the hell? Um, let's do uh, The Sound off the record. Here it is. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There was a time when I brought light to your eyes. Even the worst of days could not keep us apart. Afraid to spill those evil thoughts, even the ones that made you question who you are. Yeah.